Welcome back to another episode of Tuxedo Time, where we were tuxedos. And it is time, podcast edition. What edition is this after that? <laughs> what edition is this after that? I, I had a, this idea of a conversation that I wanted to have with you. Okay. I went back to see, I was, had an idea for a podcast and I was like, I thought we talked about this before. And I went back and I, I came across a conversation we had about some random thing. I was like, you know, it would be fun to have a conversation about at what point do you do you or can you call yourself a professional photographer, cinematographer, videographer, design that kind of realm? And the reason why I asked this is because years ago when I started shooting photography, not when I started, I was well into my hobby of photography mm-hmm. and had gotten a couple of paid jobs, but I didn't consider myself professional. Um, but I think I was talking to my uncle who's also a photographer because we used to have this conversation because he always said that he, even though he was very talented in photography, shot a lot, he knew his shit. He didn't consider himself a professional because he didn't do paid work. So he asked me, he said, did you get paid for this photo shoot? And I said, yes. And he's like, well, now you can call yourself a professional, which I thought was interesting because is that legit? Like, do you think that now this is how I remember it. I could be also recalling it wrong, but yeah. At what point do you think it's like, okay to call yourself a professional in your field that you've self-taught in? Yeah, that's interesting because a lot of times the self-taught people aren't necessarily going to have the best reputations for being like the best maybe because there's Mm -hmm. a lot of, and maybe just, it's different nowadays because you can learn things a lot. And there's always going to be a stigma from people who are more traditionally taught a craft to shit on people who are self-taught. For example, when we started our YouTube channel and started talking about some of our experiences in the forms of tutorials. And then a lot of people who were like, you know, claimed legit filmmakers who went to school for film, who used to shit on us saying that we didn't know anything. Is that what you mean? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, that's not just that, but that's, you know, like generally speaking, and there is, or there are a lot of people who flood any industry who are self-taught, you know, but you, just because you're self-taught doesn't mean you're bad. And the flip side of that is just because you're traditionally taught doesn't mean you're good. That's so true. (laughs) So there's exceptions to all rules. Mm -hmm. Um, But there is that sort of stigma of people who being self-taught and not being either called professionals by themselves because of imposter syndrome or not being called in professionals by other people because they're self-taught or because they're on a certain platform. Like say, can it's like this, the same question. Can you, are you a filmmaker if you do YouTube videos? Right. And it's not an all or nothing. You can be, but you might all not also also not be, mm-hmm. you know? So I think from your question of when do you consider yourself a professional? I mean, by definition, if you're making a, prof- if you're making it a living at it, at something and it's your profession, then technically you're a professional. Yeah. I would agree with that. I think that I actually had a hard time when I first had my first couple of paid gigs, when one would say it's your profession. Now you're doing it for a living. You've quit your day job and now you're freelancing full time and you're getting paid. It's your profession. Therefore you're a professional. But I had a really hard time saying that I was a professional like it made me uncomfortable because I didn't feel like I was a professional you had imposter syndrome yeah I was still pretty green you know at photography and 
running a business. Yeah, but there's a lot of people who, I mean, I guess with the advent of digital photography and the takeover of digital Mm -hmm. and video to that as well, it's created this, it's lowered the barrier for entry. Right. So it's a lot easier for anybody to go out and buy a prosumer level camera for not an insignificant amount of money, but you know, for amount of money that's, that's achievable by a lot of people now, more people than it used to be. Mm -hmm. And with the instant feedback of getting an image, what you see is what you get on the image on the back of the screen. You know, there's no developing images. There's nothing like that. So it makes learning a lot easier. And I mean, yeah, you and I both shot film early on photography wise, Mm -hmm. but it was, it was only until we got digital that we rapidly sort of leveled up. Yeah, definitely. Just because you can see, oh, this is how shutter speed and affects the image. This is how, how aperture affects the image. This is what the film speed does. Film speed, quote unquote. (laughs) Yeah, the ISO. Yeah, it's interesting. You get that immediate feedback that you didn't get with film. Like I remember shooting off multiple rolls of film. And it's funny because earlier this week we came across your photo bucket. Remember photo bucket? If you don't, (laughs) you're probably not old. But um, we came across your photo bucket. where like tripod.com? Yeah, it's like before, like a place to put your photos before Flickr was kind of like a thing. Like Flickr was like kind of- It was a thing before Instagram was a thing? (laughs) Yeah, it was. Well, I mean, photo bucket was kind of like- the photo version of like a Google drive with very limited amount of space. Like you dump in your photos there. It wasn't really a social network, but it was a place for you to like store your shit. Whereas like Flickr was kind of more of a social network. You put up your photos, you comment on people's stuff. You'd see how many likes you got, views you got. So it was kind of like before Instagram. But so we came across your photo bucket and in the photo bucket was all of the photographs from when you started photography. And when you and I, I started photography in high school. I started in film and you shot some film um, and you got your first digital camera far before I got my first digital camera. And so you, you progressed very fast compared to me. And I had been shooting for a couple of years. And so there was like a little bit of like jealousy there that you got. You were jealous of me and my digital camera. Yeah, I was a jealous. I think I was jealous of how rapid you were growing your skills. I was like at my house shooting just random photos of everything and anything. Yeah. And you had a pretty good um, basis of knowledge in terms of like how imaging worked because you were shooting video. Yeah. I understand cameras because of video. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, so we came across this photo bucket from when you first got your camera and we used to go to these like punk rock shows. Oh my God. I had like a fake ID when I was like 16 (laughs) and I didn't drink, but I, I only had a fake ID so we could go to these like shows and take pictures. Yeah. I think we probably talked about this before. So in the photo bucket, there were photos of all of these bands, some of which who were your friends still, uh, mm-hmm. others who we don't talk to anymore. And the photos were like looked exactly how I remember when I'd get my film back, I would shoot like three rolls of film at like firing. Mm-hmm. They were firing. Yeah. And it would, except for your photos were actually in focus and exposed where mine were all blurry and overexposed because it was filmed. There's no, you'd shoot what you thought, but like there was lights everywhere and it was dark and you have like your one set film speed. Um, you know, you pick your 800 or your 400 roll. It was funny to come across those old images because I, 
I remember all your photography being incredible. <laughs> and it is not. <laughs> but your first, you know, I mean, we're, we all started. It was all like the, the shutter drag with the <laughs> pop of the flash. Yeah. And it was like, just like, you take the photo. We're like, cool, slow shutter speed. Yeah, you shoot with slow shutter speed, pop the flash, it freezes. Then you start shaking your camera <laughs> and get all the light, like the streaky lights. Yes, yeah. <laughs> or you'd zoom in and get like the. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, times were different. Oh my God. Every photo looked the same. Yeah. But you know what? We shot so much. I shot shitloads of film. And then when I got digital, I shot so many photos. So did you. We were shooting every weekend mm-hmm. photographs. And um, it's just funny to look back on those old photos because you almost forget. You're like, there's a point where you cross over to, quote unquote, the professional photographer where you're like, now I my, I've got my skills kind of like worked out. I know how to use flash. I know how to light stuff. I know how my camera works. I can like go and deal with a client and shoot a portrait or like a band. We were shooting a lot of band stuff because like concert photography went to band photo shoots, which turned into headshots, which turned into commercial work for me anyway. Mm-hmm. Like you remember your early works when you were getting paid because you were already at like a level, but you kind of forget like what? What did those photos look like before I was quote unquote a professional? They were were so bad. I remember when in that age, that was like the era of your, you graduating high school. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was wearing my baggy old suit Yep. and I had my Canon 20D. I had gotten a Sunpack old school flash with like the, the like, sidearm thing mm-hmm. the extra auxiliary power cable to the belt holder holder battery pack so that the battery pack could power the flash because i was just obsessed with the idea of being able to do rapid fire flashes to do like motor drive sequences for oh, bmx I remember. Mm-hmm. and I've done, i did like a few of them yeah but it was like i had this whole setup because i wanted to do rapid fire sequence shots like you saw in magazines mm-hmm. and then like stitch them all together and i had so i had that like old school flash and then I had this old, I think it was a Sigma, um, it was like this black telephoto lens. I, I think it was like 70 to 300. But I remember like when you zoomed, it like telescoped outwards. <laughs> oh my God, yes. And I was like, oh, this lens is so cool. It's so big and professional. And I like have it extended out and be like holding my big old camera with my massive flash on the side, <laughs> yeah. my battery pack. Like, thinking I was like so cool. Yeah. I remember, <laughs> dur- dork. I remember during my grad year shooting and I was like such a catch 22 because I was like, this is great. We have a photographer who's shooting photos. But then the other side of me was just like, stop shooting photos and be my date. Pay attention to me. <laughs> oh, oh. And now it's the opposite. Now I never shoot. I know. You're like, take some I, photos of me. I, I'm sad that you don't shoot anymore because you were you were so good. Like going off before you kind of stopped shooting photography, you were doing like some really good stuff. And I loved going out with you because you we both had our own cameras. We both had a 5D Mark II, <clears throat> which now we just share. We have one photo camera, one video camera, and we just yeah. share. We pass it back and forth. Um, but makes we, no sense for us to have double bodies. It doesn't because we you stopped shooting basically, and so. Mm-hmm. Um, but we both had five D twos, and we'd go out and we'd shoot, and it was the best because I loved coming back <laughs> and just seeing what you would capture from wherever, whatever we were shooting that day because it was always completely different than what I was seeing. You saw stuff that was just so different, and the way you process was different, the way you interacted with people was different, and the way you lit shit was different. And I just, I'm so sad that you don't shoot anymore because you're just very Aww. talented. It's like when we go out with friends who shoot YouTube videos and we'll yeah. come back with different videos despite being at the same place for the same weekend or whatever. It's the best. Mm. Yeah. So for for you and me, like, 
I and I still feel weird calling myself like a professional so photographer. Do you, do you consider yourself a professional video person now? No. No? Even though I make a living from it. Like I make money from making videos for the internet, but I do not consider myself a professional video dude. Video dude, which is so weird because like <laughs> a professional all, videographer. All, all of the check mark check boxes are are checked to 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 define like a professional, like they're checked. You make a living off it. You make money off it. You make it, you know, whatever people are hiring you, you to do it. literally got hired by Adobe for their series, Creating with the Pros. I know, but- <laughs> Pros being short for professional. I think it's a, an imposter syndrome moment. Yeah, that's probably it. Right. So when we kind of crossed over that line originally, when like photography was like, when I left my marketing job, we started Bull Creative, which we should make a podcast about just like that company. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was doing this stuff- Technically, I was a professional photographer. Nowadays, how does it work if like, because the definition is like you're doing freelance work for people, but now you just start on Instagram. Like, where's the threshold? Like if you're making ad revenue. It's probably a lot more confusing for people nowadays. Right. Because there's no clear cut. Like I have a client, therefore I'm a professional. It's like, right. I'm making ad revenue. So am I a professional or are you not a professional until you do a brand deal? Yeah, or like what about a lot of the landscape photographers whose job it is to go out and create just like really nice imagery of mm-hmm. these destinations and they get paid to do it indirectly through brand sponsorships and partnerships and their job is literally like Instagram, creating images for Instagram. Yeah. Are they considered a professional photographer? Yeah. I still think they are. I think so. Yeah, if they're creating pro- images professionally that, you know, plays into their... Um, plays into their, you know, livelihood. Yeah. Then yeah. So here's a question. Okay. Am I considered a professional pilot then? Since Oh. We, since we make videos for YouTube that sometimes involve flying, I don't consider myself a professional pilot despite having a commercial license. Yeah, I don't know because it's like it's a little bit different. Because like technically we make videos about flying, so therefore you one could say that the helicopter is part of the business. Therefore we're making money there for your professional, but you don't do tours. Like you don't directly make money from flying helicopters in a sense of like, yeah. Flying helicopters is, is incidental to our YouTube videos. Like YouTube videos driving a car makes the money. Yeah. Right. It's like, am I a professional driver? If I was driving from point A to point B? Yeah, no, I don't think so. Because in my mind, a professional driver is somebody who like races cars. So if I had a, a car channel then where I was doing car car driving on tracks and that <laughs> was like my niche, yeah. would I be a professional driver then? Well, I think if you're driving on private tracks and people are hiring you to drive their cars on private tracks. Chris Nicholas, professional race car driver. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but like who do people like <clears throat> say for example like Mercedes you know do these campaigns with creators and they come and there's like professional drivers is that like from a roster of professional drivers or is that like some dude who works at Mercedes who's like deadly at driving cars I don't know they probably have people on staff right so test it's drivers yeah so it gets weird with, I mean like helicopter companies have test pilots on staff yeah so they're professional pilots mm-hmm. yeah yeah I don't, even if we had a, even if I had a channel that was helicopter only, I wouldn't be a professional pilot because I think professional pilot confers a certain, um, application of flying. Yeah. Like it's either somebody who's like doing tricks, like an air or, charter yeah. or somebody who's working in the helicopter industry proper, mm-hmm. you know, but I don't, I don't think that this is considered the helicopter industry proper. I think this is like an offshoot, right? but it would technically gray area, but that would mean that 
using the same logic, then it means all Instagram photographers, I shouldn't consider real photographers then. Right. Well, I think it's, well, it's the same thing. Are right? you creating art while flying? Because art is where it, where things, it's like a big gray area. I consider myself a helicopter artist. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So here's another question for uh -huh. you. Um, do you think that you are required to spend a number of hours at something before you can consider yourself a professional? No. No. I don't believe that. No. No. I don't believe that either. I think yeah. if you're good, you're good. And if you take the the op if you take the opposite of that and you say, Well, that means that if anybody spends an arbitrary number of hours, then they can just randomly call themselves a professional. Right. Which is not true. No, because you I know, could spend yeah. I know a lot of people will put a lot of time into things and they're not good at that thing. Yeah. Cause I don't time while it correlates with how good you're gonna be at something, it doesn't necessarily it's not an absolute Right. That's so There's true. There's exceptions to the rules on both sides. You know, people can be good at something <laughs> with minimal amount of effort if they, minimal amount of time, if they are strategic on how they spend their time and they have a maybe natural inclination or a combination of all of the above, they can get really good at something really fast. Mm -hmm. And compared to somebody, others, other people who spend, you know, their lifetime doing a hobby, but never really get that good at it. Right. But you know, maybe that's not what they want to do. Maybe they want to make it a, be a professional. Maybe they just want to do it for fun. That's what the, the enjoyment they get out of it, which is fine. Yeah. Sometimes we um, go down these like random conversations when we're sitting in those black chairs in our living room. Mm -hmm. And I was like thinking, I was like, I feel like this is one of those conversations that might be kind of like a fun listen. I didn't know how long it was going to last, mm -hmm. but. So I wonder about your sister now. Okay. So what about my sister? So she just started a new job. Are we allowed to say this? Is this like. I don't know, Jessica. Are we allowed to talk about you publicly? <laughs> anyway, so she just took a job. Uh, she started a job at a sign shop. Yeah. So is she a professional sign maker now? She's getting paid to make signs. She is, but she just started. Right. So is she considered a professional sign maker? I would say that she's an amateur sign maker. An amateur. An amateur. So she's, but she's making a living she's, doing it. She is, but she's new at it. She's still kind of, I mean, she's like. An apprentice sign maker? Yeah. Well, she just had training for a little bit of time and now she's in that practicing mm -hmm. stage so like when you reach a certain level of efficiency does that counteract oh, man, like she's in, making money making signs so she's maybe a she's a professional she's yeah. a professional sign maker in my books yeah well there you go i guess <laughs> does, does that mean she's also a professional painter because she she sells her paintings people hire her to do paintings i guess she would be yeah. so so my sister is an artist she's a very talented painter. She, she like, got good really fast. She got good really fast, but she's been practicing a lot. It's like what we're, what you're talking about. Yeah. It's like she painting for her was a hobby and she really enjoyed it and she found it relaxing. And then she just got like, she was doing it so much that she just got like really good at it. I remember talking to her and she was just like, Oh, it's not that hard. You just got to do it. <laughs> just you, you like, just, you just paint it. You just paint what you see. You just put the brush to the paper and you put some <laughs> colors in. Bob Ross. I know, right, Bob <laughs> But she's so good. Like she, she painted this photo painting, I guess, of my grandfather. What is a little happy tree right down here? And it'd be a little secret. <laughs> but she painted this photo of my grandfather and I was blown away. Like it was so good. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> so like, and so she sells her painting. So like, I guess she would be considered a professional painter. I guess. Even but maybe she didn't go to school for painting. Maybe it's one of the things like your uncle where he doesn't consider himself. Although he doesn't really sell his work though. Well, but he has sold he's it before. Sold, he sold prints before. Mm -hmm. He just doesn't do. 
Like jobs for hire. Jobs for hire. Yeah. Um, but he sold art. So, hmm. you know, prof- are you a professional photographer? Are you a professional artist? Are you very confusing? I always considered your uncle a professional photographer. I did too. I always did. Because he was always like, his knowledge level was better than most pros. Yeah. And yeah. And it's like, do you, uh, is getting paid the only the only benchmark for professional because for, for me, like when I talk, like when I think about my uncle, he's proficient at photography. He knows everything about photography mm-hmm. and imaging. But he's not a professional. What? He's not a professional. What do you mean professional? Like if he was proficient, he's makes, prof- it makes him a professional versus if it was his profession, he'd be professional. Perfect use. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, it's interesting. I feel like if you asked him, he would say he's not a professional, but I would consider him professional. Yeah. But if you get back to the root of the word. Yeah. Profession. It's your profession. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Am I a professional interventional radiologist? Yes. (laughs) Am I, am I, yeah. So am I a professional YouTuber? So I don't consider (laughs) interventional radiology well, obviously it's a profession, but I don't, I don't use the word professional, bl- professional blank, like interventional radiology never goes in there. But you know, it's funny. Cause like, just like professional YouTuber. I don't know. It's, no, it it's like you're a YouTuber. You're right. an interventional radiologist. But you know what? It's like, you could be a pro snowboarder mm-hmm. or a pro BMX rider or a pro gymnast or a pro photographer. But like, do you ever really hear anybody saying like you're a pro cinematographer or pro filmer? It's usually like filmmaker takes the place of professional yeah, so like cinematographer what, or whatever. What creates the use for the prefix professional? Like so, when what professions have professional in front of it? What what why do we why do we what do we how do we choose? Right. So so what I think when a term in terms of like extreme sports, uh-huh. snowboarding, skateboarding, surfing professional meaning you're sponsored you have a sponsor you have companies backing you in which case if you're a youtuber working with brands wouldn't you be pro as well in that if if you were comparing that's a good thought right because the professional snowboarders skateboarders extreme people they're getting backed by brands they're probably getting paid by brands they're getting paid to wear brand logos Mm -hmm. they have their own like say danny beer for example if a friend of yours from Newfoundland who's now a professional skater, like inline skater. In, inline skater. He has his own skates. Yeah. Is that what they're called? Skates. His signature skates. Yes, signature skates. So he's a professional skater. That's pretty cool. Right? But like, does he make a living from skating? I don't know. I think I, I would imagine it's probably pretty hard to make a living skating. Right. So here's the thing if somebody is sponsored by a company in an extreme sport, and they're getting flowed only merchandise and product. Mm-hmm. Are they still a professional? Does it have to be money? Oh, I don't know. You can't pay your bills with product. Yeah, I don't consider professional blanks. If you're only getting product, I wouldn't consider someone a professional. No. So, but a lot of these big people who are like, I mean, you look at people who are like in the Olympics and X Games. Or- if you're only getting merchandise, you're not a pro YouTuber. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't make the rules. I just enforce them. <laughs> uh, no gosh. offense to anybody's getting product. No. Um, there's nothing wrong with it, but you know, at a certain point you got to pay the bills. You got to pay the bills, man. You can't yeah. put food on the table and keep the lights on, keep your house keep heated with gas in the helicopter with product. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unrelatable. Well, yeah. Um, that's interesting. Cause I feel like a lot of when you, when I think about like pro snowboarders, like they must be getting paid, but mm-hmm. who's paying them? Um, brands. Yeah. Brands pay them. I guess, I guess some of them even have their own companies, Dude, I guess too. Nike like SB. Yeah. It's their, 
whole Nike skateboarding division. Yeah, I guess that they would get paid. And then like, you're, I guess people who, it seems like there's a correlation between like snowboarders and filmmakers. Like a lot of these snowboarders are like producing these documentary kind of snowboard movies. Mm-hmm. Travis Rice, isn't he a professional snowboarder who also produced a couple of snowboard movies? I don't know, man. I don't follow the people, those people anymore, but I guarantee they're getting paid. Yeah. So here's my, here's my assessment of the professional. And let's just see if you can think of any um, exceptions to the rule. Okay. I feel like generally speaking, people use the prefix professional as a, when referring to somebody who's making money at something that traditionally would be considered a hobby or recreation. Okay. Yeah. That seems to dictate when we use professional blank. Versus, yeah. Versus like I went to school for X amount of years to become this thing. Right. I am this thing. Not, not a professional this thing. Yeah. This is for my, my turkey pie to put my turkey pie back in the thing. So I already put it in the fridge. You did? Yes. Well, I love you. Thank you. Oh Oh my God. You're just such an angel. That's really helpful. Thanks. I appreciate it. I don't believe in waiting to put it in the fridge. I know you don't. Um, Yeah. So professional, yeah, professional is used because it's u- it's usually used, I guess, when something is usually considered a hobby or a recreational activity, maybe. Do you think that it comes from, like, a person can be a professional photographer, whether they went to school for photography or not. Uh, a person can be a professional snowboarder. There's no real school for snowboarding, so you can be a professional snowboarder. Do you think that the word professional comes in when you're dealing with these like non-traditional career paths where you that's, that, may or may not have to go to school for it? I think I just think it's more so with recreation. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you're a snowboarder. Yeah. Oh, but like I could call you a snow. You're a snowboarder, or you were, you know, mm. or like you're a. I don't know. What else do you like to do? Design, interior design. But I'm yeah. not an interior designer. No. I'm not a professional interior designer. No, but designer. like someone says, oh, you're a cyclist. Yeah. But you're not like a professional cyclist because it's not your primary occupation. It's like you're a home renovator, but you're not a professional const- like contractor. contractor. Yeah. But no one. But call- nobody no calls one you one professional profession- contractor. Yeah. It's just contractor. Oh, you know what? I just had a one. Um, professional engineer. Oh, that's an exception. That, that's an exception yeah. because you go to school. There is no rhyme or reason to this. <laughs> what is it like? Somebody just tell us why. Yeah, I need we need a um, a linguist to 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 chime in. Yeah, preferably one that's cunning. <laughs> a it. professional linguist, <laughs> not an amateur linguist. Not an amateur. No, it has yeah. must be professional. Yes. You must have made a one dollar off of one piece of language. Hey, I used to bag groceries when I was a kid to make money in the Bahamas. Yeah. I'm a professional grocery bagger. I used to teach swimming lessons. I was a professional swim teacher. Yeah, but you were just you were just swim teacher. <laughs> right? Yeah. It was a lifeguard actually. Mhm. <laughs> but, I was a swim teacher. Lifeguard. But you you made your money and you were swimming, but you weren't a professional swimmer. No, I was not. Mhm. But we did it. Damn, a lot of training. Because professional swimmer has a connotation of you're like an Olympic Like person. Olympic or like competitive. Right. Yeah. Well, that's... <laughs> this has been a very uh, random podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, you guys said you wanted to listen to whatever. So I thought, let's trigger this combo. This is what goes on in our house. This is what happens. Random discussions of random topics. Literally, that's what this that podcast is. That we know nothing is. about. I'm sure people... Maybe we there's people Google who it. are like, which is like... Google. This could have been solved with one Google search. These idiots. The definition of professional is. Yeah. Let me Google that for you.com. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with that said, we're coming up on 
almost a half hour now. So do you want to do a segment of open mic? I do want to do a segment of open mic. Do we have a jingle for the open mic segment? <sighs> Not yet. I really need to make one because I'm slacking. I also have a question for you at the end. That's just a little fun ditty. Okay. I have no idea what this question is. You've been teasing me with this question though for the past like week. Yeah, like, it's a good question. Like, hey, remember, remind me when we were doing the podcast. I'm gonna ask you a I question. I ask you this question. I ask you this question. I say, what is it? So I can remind you. No, I can't good tell you. It's gotta be for the podcast. It's in my phone. It's a good question. Okay. First, open mic. Okay. Hey, Becky and Chris, I really appreciate your show. Love your content. I would just like to say, if you guys were looking for content, you guys need to check out Yosemite. I just got back from there, and oh my god, it's my favorite place in this entire world so far. Do we go to Yosemite? Um, I hope you guys are no. doing great. And can't wait to hear more content. Bye. Thank you. Thanks for the tip. Where yeah. did we go? We went to uh, Yellowstone. Yellowstone. Yosemite. <laughs> not the same. <laughs> Yeehaw. Yosemite. <laughs> Yosemite. Yosemite. Wait, is that how you say it? Yosemite. Yosemite. Yeah. Not the operating system because that's also a thing. <laughs> yeah. Yosemite has been on my list. Well, I want to see all the national parks, but. I don't even know where Yosemite is. Um, I'm so bad at there. geography. West, west of here, obviously. Yeah, it's that way. <laughs> like Idaho, Montana. I feel like that's around where it is. All stuff See, is like all Wyoming, all that stuff. That that whole area is just a blur. At one point when I was a kid in elementary school growing up in Texas, I had to, like on one of the tests, you had to name <laughs> all of the, is you know, it's in California. It's in California. Yeah, I knew that. Of course it's in California. See, I knew that. You didn't tell me. I knew that. You only knew because I laughed and you're like, I bet it's somewhere really obvious. No, it it, tr- it triggered me to know it was in California. Well, me going like this, yeah. and you're like, oh, it's in California. Exactly. That's exactly what happened. You guys saw it all there. Video evidence. Man, there's so much stuff that I, like, sometimes I just look at the map and I'm like, yes, yeah, the, everywhere here. But that whole area, like where Yellowstone is, that mm-hmm. all is just a blur to me. Yeah, Wyoming. Is that considered the Midwest? See, I, I no, I think the Midwest isn't the Midwest like uh, Dakotas and I don't know. See, I grew up in Texas, the center, and like I learned Texas history, which yeah. I probably am not very good at anymore. I'm not a professional tex- Texas historian. I didn't do any history. Like I know nothing. And then I moved to Canada, and I didn't know anything about the rest of the United States. Dude, but then again, people in the United States don't know anything about any other countries anyway, though. So, well, I mean, you think think about how many people in the U.S. know like a lot about Canada. Now we've been living here for long enough that we should really know more about the U.S. But probably, but we yeah. don't. But we know we're ignorant Canadians. We are. We know some stuff about the places that we've been to, but the U.S. is so big, man. Mm. Like, but so Yosemite has been on my list for a while. Um, I really would like to go over there, and I'd love to do a trip where it's like we go to Yosemite, and then we go to Joshua Tree, and we see the petrified forest, and like do that whole thing. I don't even know if they're in like a similar area or not, but. Um, I think that would be fun to do. Yellowstone was mind blowing. Like I want to go back and do Yellowstone. There's this company that I found that you can rent vans, like a, like a converted sprinter van. Um, and you can live the van life without being a professional. Exactly. You can live the van (laughs) life without being a professional van lifer and without paying to mod your van, Mm. you could just rent the van for a week and then give it back. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which is kind of cool. So uh, I think that would be a laugh. There's so much, there's so much I want to see, but first we have to see what's in our own backyard. We do. Yeah. Here's my gripe with the U S though. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Here's my gripe with your landmass and all your cool shit that we can see. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Was it every, it, there's a, a, a real paucity of wilderness <laughs> well, in the U S what is the definition of 
paucity. There's a real uh, lack of. Lack of wilderness? Or, sorry, there's lots of wilderness. Yeah. But there's a, a, a low, there's not a lot of unregulated wilderness, put it that way. There's no crown land, basically, is what I'm getting at. This has to do with helicopters. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, in Canada. I was going to say, I was like, there's a lot of beautiful shit around there. The is, there is. And, and it's great because it's all been protected and conserved. Yeah. Because, obviously, it's a natural resource and it's natural beauty, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, because I don't trust humans to not destroy everything and it's no. in their wake. Yeah. But it's it's unfortunate in a sense that, like, in Canada, where you literally could be in every province, you just go north. <laughs> and there's like, oh my God, that's so true. So much land that is just. Why is it? Why is it that? Because just go north. Yeah, just go I guess north. It's colder and it's colder. Yeah, but it's like there's a lot of wilderness, and it's wilderness that's just like nobody goes to. Do you know where I'd love it's to just go? Vast amounts of land. You know, it'd be a fun place. Probably it would be terrifying to go. Where? But it would be fun to do it with somebody who knew what None they were. It? doing well that would be cool too mm-hmm. uh the torn gat mountains in labrador yes would That'd love awesome. to do that so dave howells who before we had this podcast when mm-hmm. we had a segment on our youtube channel called creatively committed which oh. god do you even know how they use the buttons just kidding um we actually interviewed him and uh people who watched the video really enjoyed dave because he is like he's He's a professional photographer. He's a professional photographer. He's, he's pre- professional. <laughs> he does a lot of commercial photography, a lot of advertising photography. Great, great photographer. And he went up to he the- professional because he uses a Leica. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Doesn't he have like a 1DX? He has like a bunch of like Canon, like really high-end Canon gear. Anyway. I don't know. And he has Leicas, lots of them. Uh, so he went up to the Torngat Mountains with somebody. I don't remember what company it was. I thought there was like something to do with like National Geographic, but I could be really wrong. And he was up there with like guides and people to like take him around. And like they had to carry guns because of the polar bears and shit. They were just like, it's wild up there. Um, but I saw some of his images and he had some like gorgeous photos of polar bears in the mountains. And it was just like blew my mind. I would love to arrange a trip into the wilderness like that, but with somebody who knew how to survive in the wilderness, like not just me, you and the helicopter. No, 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 no. I'd like to go with somebody who knows how to survive. So I could just concentrate on taking photos. Mm-hmm. I would like to pre, um, predetermine a route. Okay. And then like have like 50 gallon oil drums oh. shipped up to checkpoints yeah. and be able to do like a true wilderness trip but not have to worry about fuel stops. <laughs> yeah. That'd be fucking scary up there with like the weather and the bears. And like, yeah. there's a lot of sketchy wildlife up there. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So but what cool. I was saying about the, you know, that being the wilderness and, and the Torngat mountains is a national park, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. It's a protected park. It's like all the way up North Jesus, <laughs> all the way up there. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's very out there, but that's a lot of Canada is just, unoccupied land wilderness mm-hmm. but down here wilderness has connotations of it's protected wilderness right so you can't just land anywhere no it's it's protected for, if you see wilderness it usually means it's protected in some capacity right but the only exception that i'm aware of and anybody who's listening to this prove me wrong because i'd love to know about more areas that i can bomb around with the heli but is the blm lands right. in um Arizona, kind of over like Utah. Arizona, Utah area. So the Bureau of Land Management lands, all of that like desert area, mm-hmm. the Red Rocks, not 
the red rocks, but like the rocks that are red. Yeah. That kind of like imagery. There's all sorts of land there that people can just use. And that's cool. And it's kind of like if a helicopter, I think that the, it's legal to do basically any of those things that you want to do recreationally, like mm-hmm. motorized vehicles. But I think there's some weird stipulation, like you can't do professional stuff there, like commercial. Like I couldn't just like, f- right. I couldn't just like fly a film crew out there and film a movie without permission. Mm-hmm. Um, but outside of that, yeah, I think it's pretty much fair game, whatever you want to do. Cause there's nobody there. Right. Yeah. But there's no land like that on the East coast. Mm-hmm. Certainly not in New York state anyway. No. Yeah. That's neat. Yeah. Lots of cool spots up in Canada to do that. Yeah. I think the Pennsylvania national forests may have looser um, regulations than the New York state national mm-hmm. forest. Or but even with the forests, there's not forest, a lot of spots say. to like. No, but land, so right? my buddy, he, he does a lot of off-roading in his Jeep mm-hmm. and he says that the forests in Pennsylvania, he goes down to all the time because apparently they're less strict with the rules there for motorized vehicles. Interesting. He's like, I just, yeah, it's like, I just go off and I just drive my Jeep on whatever trails are there. Mm -hmm. He's like, we're in New York. It's a little bit more stringent. And I get, I don't, I haven't vetted that. I don't know if that's true or not. Yeah. That's what he told me. So I was like, oh, maybe we should go down to some Pennsylvania forest and just, and again, it's like, if nobody sees you land, if a tree falls in the forest, if a helicopter lands in the forest and nobody hears it or sees it, did it make a sound? Did it really happen? Yeah, it happened because we were probably filming it for our YouTube channel. Was it in the Pennsylvania forest though? Who knows? I could own that land. No one knows where we are. No, unless know. we say. You don't know. Unless I put up a title, say, hey, we're here. <laughs> anyway, Can on I, that note. I would like to ask you this question because oh, yes. I'm sick of saving it. Yeah, we're going 39 minutes now though. So Listen, save okay. it for the next one. <laughs> okay. okay, go for it. No, I'll save it for the next no, one. No, no, you have to tell me because I'm No, so we're going to save it for the next no, one. No, I'm so curious. <laughs> you called it. You said we'll save it for the next one. Okay, I'm going to ask you the question. <laughs> <laughs> you troll. This is probably going to be a 10 minute conversation. Okay. I saw it on Facebook. Okay. <laughs> is this going to be something that I've like hyped up so much? I thought it was going to be such a good question. And now it's like just a it's let terrible. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a lunch break. Let to- <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Here's a question. Okay. Ready? The toy company makes an action figure of you. What two accessories does it come with? A toy company makes an action figure of you. What two accessories does it come with? You're fully clothed, birds covered up, nips are covered. Two accessories. Of me? Yeah. A, a, a toy company. Okay, let me say it thir- for the third time. A toy company makes an action figure of Chris Nicholas. Uh-huh. It comes with two accessories. Maybe you should in choose the box. my accessories and I'll choose your accessories. Shit. Because <laughs> you had your accessories already picked up but you didn't have mine. Okay. See, here's the problem. Because mm-hmm. I think of like... Barbie, like back in the day, I was obsessed with Barbies and uh-huh. Barbie came like there was snowboarding Barbie who like came with a snowboard and boots. Um, but then there was like, you know, add ons like you get the Barbie pool or the Barbie Corvette, which I had all of them because I was obsessed. So yeah, bro, but did you hear of Gak? <laughs> yes. Cause I also liked Gak. It made sure. a fart sounds. I'm pretty great. sure I've told this story yeah, on the podcast. I think you have. Yeah. Bottom so, line is my house burned down. So I essentially liquidated all my toys and bought all Gak because I was brainwashed by Nickelodeon media. And so essentially effectively I liquidated all my toys for Gak and it was yeah. a letdown. <laughs> <laughs> it was a sad trombone. <laughs> that was my childhood. Yeah. Grade two oh, in a nutshell. Poor Chrissy. So, so my thing is, does the action figure Chris Nicholas come with the helicopter oh, or obviously. is the helicopter the add-on? Oh. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like is the helicopter like the Corvette or is the helicopter the snowboard? 
the snowboard came with Barbie. The Corvette was an add-on. You had to buy it separately. <laughs> I never thought about that. So that's my question. I think it comes with the helicopter. I think it's Definitely. like, this is a big box action figure toy. It's Chris Nicholas, mm-hmm. Dr. Chris Nicholas with the helicopter. Comes with a catheter in one hand and a helicopter <laughs> in the other hand. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the, the suit is like one side pilot, one side doctor, like half scrubs, half whatever. That's pretty much my existence. Yeah. Okay. So you come with the helicopter. Mm-hmm. So now I'm torn mm-hmm. between two excess, two, two other accessories, a helmet headset, mm-hmm. because I kind of think like, Oh, you have to be thematically with it, right? It has to be thematic. But then yeah. also like, should it be like a pellet gun? Like you're going on an excursion and you're like going to protect yourself from bears. I'm not going to protect myself from bears with a or, pellet gun. Or should it be a, a camera or a drone or should it be like, this is action figure, Chris Nicholas pilot aerial photography I was edition. I say a, X-ray tube, but whatever. An a, X-ray tube. A C-arm. You're going to come with a C-arm. No, the C-arm, the C-arm is an add-on. The C-arm is a Corvette. Why is the helicopter not an add-on then? Because you said it wasn't. I just said the C-arm wasn't? If the C-arm is an, if the C-arm is an add-on and the helicopter is an add-on, mm-hmm. then you come with... A wallet and a watch. I don't know. I don't no, wear watches. you come with a bag of voodoo chips <laughs> and a Sierra Mist. Sierra Mist. <laughs> I guess terrible accessories. Yeah. Okay, what do you come with? What is the Becky? I thought Peckham? you were gonna choose for me. I you, I chose for me. You didn't choose. No, for me. I said you're coming with a helicopter and a headset. Uh huh. Okay. Great All accessories. Right. Now I can play pilot Chris, mm-hmm. and then later if I want to get the upgrade, I could buy the scrubs. Here's what you play come Dr. with. Chris. Then. Okay. You come with a notebook. <laughs> what a boring and a camera. Okay. 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 That's good. Those are the two things that you use. That's practical. <laughs> the only two things that I use. It's practical. Yeah. Or an iPad. You can say iPad. No, a notebook is good. I love a notebook. Analog notebook. Yeah. I love an analog notebook and like a camera. It's mm-hmm. like a dope strap. You were just going to say that was boring. Well, I, oh, we can't all come with maybe, helicopters. Honey. I guess we can't all be as cool as you. We can't all come with C-arms. We can't all have hobbies that are just like insane. <laughs> Sorry, what am I coming with? A Pantone swatch book? <laughs> That's a great one. You're my hot librarian. <laughs> <laughs> Someone said that about you. I'll have a, pa- a Pantone swatch book in one hand and just a Benjamin Moore paint deck in the other. Oh my God. <laughs> Two swatch books. Whoever gets the action is like, what the fuck is this? Like, yeah. what do these mean? Such niche, niche why are there, products. Why are there two? I mean, a C-arm? <laughs> So I said a helicopter and a headset. You could play helicopter then. Take mm-hmm. the headset off. You could like, boom, put you in there. And just like, you know. <laughs> How big are these action figures? Are we talking Barbie size? Or are we talking Polly Pocket size? You make the rules. This is your question. Ma- this maybe is your you fantasy. Would, maybe you would know Mighty Max better than Polly Pocket. Mm-hmm. And do we have just like eunuch patches down there? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the way Barbies were. They just kind of had mounds for boobs and like no downstairs. <laughs> Same with the G.I. Joes. Yeah. Uh, so what would be your outfit of choice for your action figure? Uh, I don't know. Probably scrubs since I wear scrubs every day. So wait, you're going to wear scrubs and you're going to come with a helicopter and a headset? You yeah. got to pick one theme, it's, man. It's the br- is it Pilot Chris or is it Dr. Chris? It's the whole brand. The whole brand. Where's your swatch book? Well, I'm hoping there's good weather tomorrow because I'm going to fly to work. So I will be wearing scrubs in the helicopter. So <laughs> well, boom. Okay, okay. Realistic. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I'm wearing all black. Forecast looks bad though. Yeah, I don't think you're going to be flying to work tomorrow. No, I don't think so either. Well, on that note, I think it's time for a movie. Okay. I'm a little bit chilly. 
So I think there might have been also Thunderclap. I think that's what I might have heard. Maybe. What movie are we watching? Well, I don't know. We have a number of uh, movies in our watch list on the old Amazon Prime. I think that's the platform that we've chosen tonight to watch mm-hmm. from. We have too many platforms. We would pare down. Literally all of them. Mm. Um, what are you going to choose? I don't know. I am still shocked and appalled that you haven't seen the Titanic yet. <laughs> In fact, that is on our watch list. That might be the one for tonight. If you can handle a 195 minute movie. Well, you know what? If I fall asleep during it, just fill me in on the, in the parts. No, 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 (laughs) no. You're going to make me rewind and watch the whole thing. You don't get filled in on the Titanic. (laughs) Cause if that was the case, I could just tell you about it. You need to watch it. You need to cry. You just see the old couple in the bed. They're just like, I'm just going to die. The old couple in the bed. You'll see. What? It's coming at the end. Spoiler. Is it true or false? Is there a line in this movie that says, draw me like your French girls? Is that where that line comes from? I think so. Is that where that line comes from? I think so. I think that, yes, yes. I don't know if that's what she says exactly. Where does draw me like your French girls come from? Here's what I found. Know your meme. And they never lie. Draw me like one of your French girls. Is an expression from the 1997 drama film Titanic, which is often used to capture photos of people or animals lying down in an alluring pose. Yeah, and she's nude. Know your know your meme.com. Know your meme. Was there nudity in that movie? I feel like that was a PG movie. I feel like there's nudity because I feel like that was one of the first movies I was like, <gasps> boobs. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I was knew there was boobs in it and I was a kid, I would have watched it way I sooner. I know, right? I should have <laughs> I should have told you earlier that there's boobs in it. Maybe you would have watched it with me. Yeah, because you. Anyway, I don't even I don't know, know if there are bare boobs. I don't think there would be. Definitely well, not. Well, you have to watch it now to find out. All right, we'll, we'll tune report next time. back. We'll report back. We'll let you know if there's Titanic boobies. All right. With that said, we will see you guys on the next one. Go rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Five stars only. Don't take into consideration that we say tits, farts, and swear words. Thanks. <laughs> Professional podcasters. <laughs> Professional podcasters. Okay. Bye. Okay. Bye.